kicks it out towards the big ruckman. Thomas was in the front spot that time. Ball hits the deck. Handball over the top. Martin, he couldn't quite trap it, but had the skill to go after it again. Make that three. Make that three, you little beauty. He's a superstar, Kyle Martin. And he slams through his first on the bending Avery's grass. Who's going to claim the ball? It's just falling out of hands. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Spice. It's Spice. He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. Park Orchards could be in the top six by Sunday, but they'll have to topple Noble Park to do it. On Turner South are on a roll and will be looking for their first top four scalp of the season when they take on Croydon, whilst Baronia will look to bounce back against East Burwood. It's the Deakin University weekend forecast, and I'm Matthew Fodia. As ever, join me today, Jared Beanland and Josh Ward, no Blake Tennant. Lozenger's tenant, Tonsil's tenant. He was back in again this week. He was included in the side. We're going to give him another run out. But family holiday that he didn't know about. Big Blake, he's, a, he's an enigma, is our Blake. But gentlemen, welcome. It's a nice boutique podcast this week and a, a big round of action to jump in because, uh, as we say each and every week, and Brash is a big one, the, the story just keeps telling itself, Josh. Yeah, definitely. And very excited for you know the match of the round to, uh, tomorrow out at HE Parker Reserve. And then you've got, got plenty of action-packed matches. Across all divisions, I'm particularly interested in Premier Division as well because there's plenty of table-defining matches in that division. Yeah, g'day, Jansen. G'day to the listeners. Uh, Really keen to get stuck into this uh, this weekend of action. Plenty of games that I have a lot of uh, a lot of interest in. You know, I look down at Division Three. I see the Fentry Gully story, and you know whether anyone else. Well, can we, I feel in. like we are, are really pushing yeah. that one every every yeah, single we week, are, yeah. but we sort of have to. We, um, we do, we do. It's, it's the it's, only story that needs telling at the moment in Division yeah, Three. Absolutely, and then, and then Division Four. You've got the duel between Forest Hill and Kelsey to see if they can outmatch yeah, each actually, other. And then you know, and you know, Heathmont Mulgrave is obviously a match of the round tomorrow. It'll be good. I think I can't remember the last time Mulgrave were covered um, in my memory of, of really following the league properly. So that, I know they're, they're excited about it. And Heathman, on the other hand, seemed to get covered a lot. But yeah. they, it's just because of the not, – not an enigma, just the position they're in. That each, exactly. each and every week they seem to be fluctuating <laughs> yeah. and, and, and so on. I see a lot of coaches as well seem to be talking about injuries and, and COVID and so on. But it, it seems weird to me, gents, that coaches seem to talk like they're the only teams that are ever – like <laughs> yeah, we're all living yeah. through this same thing. I understand injuries like the length of them might be interesting, but a lot of coaches will be going, oh, we've got a lot of COVID. And it's like, well, it is a, yeah. it is a contagious virus. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the only club. Very true. Um, I think we've had – there was a, two clubs that have told – the have been messaging people within the office um, that, that they're playing each other this week that, oh, they're absolutely – Rooted with COVID, no, no, well, it should be a good game then. <laughs> be the Rezies playing the Rezies, but yeah, love that. Uh, it's very, very exciting. Mentioned Park Orchard off the top. We'll start in Premier Division, Josh. And you, you're excited about that one. Um, you know, I wrote about Park Orchard this week. They've sort of emerged as the the most likely team to maybe jump into sixth spot. They'll be spewing that they lost to Blackburn early in the year. Um, but I think the Premier, the other top five, are we hoping the Park Orchards miss out because as much as Blackburn are very good at doing the job over the lower, divi- lower sides in the division. Blackburn have really struggled against the top five, whereas Park Orchards have beaten Donny East. Again, they'll claim that there was injuries and whatever, but that's the beast at the mm-hmm. moment. They beat Bowen at Bowen, probably should have beaten South and probably should have beaten Vermont. So um, they're actually probably more dangerous should they s- sneak into sixth. Yeah, and they definitely have a chance to do that this week. You know, well, Noble Park, from... What we, what I heard in pre, or from what I've heard as well, that you know they're the team to beat. Roval are a very good side, but Noble Park have just got so much talent all across the park. You know you've got players like Shane Allen and, and Ben Marson up up forward. You've got a 
super talented midfield led by the likes of Chris Horton Milne and Jackson and Jackson Skircher, Carl Martin, who I don't think is listed in this game as well. So that's a bit of a loss mm. for the Bulls. And they've got one of the most the strongest defense, in fact, you know, with Tom Glenn and Ryan Morrison leading the way down there. But Park Orchards can definitely take it up to the to the Bulls. They don't mind playing at Dominee Reserve. And the thing is as well, they can match it in mid in midfield, you know, they they don't average a lot of contested disposals a game. They're ranked number nine in Premier Division. Noble Park have averaged like 30 plus, 30 plus dispo- contested disposals more. But they average the most clearances in the league. Noble Park is second. And, you know, it's they can match it up into midfield, which I reckon that will be where the game is won. If, you know, if Park Orchards midfield can get on top and on top of this phenomenal Noble Park midfielder to go a long way to helping them there's, win. There's a lot of changes for Park Orchards, which is probably, you know, we mentioned off the top that we can only assume that when it's more than four or five, that it's usually some sort of injury or COVID crisis or, yeah. or flu. Um, they'll be excited by the return of Matt Mason Whitnish Matt, and Matt Haythorn, uh, as as well as William Debney, but then they'll be disappointed that Andreas Everett, Michael Prosnack, Dennis Armfield are, are missing. So probably Prosnack's been, you know, they're there since the start, and Armfield and Everett are probably two of their marquee players. Mason Blakey will be the and Stephen Kapanke will play big roles. So Kapanke and Chapel playing. So they've got two ruckmen uh, for Park Orchards, and then you've got uh, Blakey's leading that midfield. But with Whitnish back in, and, and Ryan Wilson had a good game last week. Jared, they'll be mm. as Josh said, they'll be pretty happy the way they're going in with their midfield. But they're quick as well, yeah. and and the yeah. two sides to beat. Uh, no Park this year have been Roval and Donny East. Both are uh, quick. Roval probably quicker than Doncaster is, but both can score. Yeah. Park Orchards have that ability as well. So, they do. Yeah. So that'll be something they'll, they'll lean on. That's one of the yeah, one of the surge teams of the competition, as we've seen a couple of times. Uh, it takes a little bit of the teeth out of them, uh, out of them to uh, see you know Everett out, Armfield out, Prosnack as well. Well, you that's know, some goal kickers. I don't think like Hickey's their leading goal kicker with yeah, 29, yeah. but Prosnack hasn't had. He's just probably the one thing that's plagued him for five or so years that he can't play more than three games in a row. But Armfield yep. and Everett are two of their other leading goal kickers. Yeah, definitely, and they've had, they've had a decent array of goal kickers for sure, but. You know, those are the ones that were that were down there that were providing the options. You know, I remember watching the game against Norwood. Uh, was impressed with you know how well they did there, uh, and it it means that Noble Park they've got a fantastic defence. You know, Morrison and Tour back there as well. I, I really enjoyed Tour's game well, against Tua, Haley. You would assume that the. I, I assume that's why Park Orchards have gone in with height. So you've assumed, like with Kapanki and Chapel, it looks like they'll probably rotate between deep forward and, yep. and Ruck. Kane Keppel um, is also another, uh, probably their, their one sort of genuine marking forward. And then you've got Tom Livingston's got some height. So, because they'll need to make Morrison accountable. Because Tua, you would assume, would go to Connor Hickey. That's yep. sort of the perfect matchup. Yep. You know, Hickey's a, you know, I, I'm not denigrating uh, Connor Hickey, but he's a poor man's Charlie Haley, so yeah, you would assume yeah, yeah. Tua would go straight to him given the job he did on Haley about a month ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so I think that, you know, Park Orchards, they may be able to get it down there. I'm just not sure if they'll have the scoring power now, you know, w- without Armfield and Everett specifically. Uh, Noble Park, you know, they've got a great midfield. Uh, obviously, it, it surprises me actually to see that Park Orchards are ranked top in the clearances uh, for Premier Division. With Like, it doesn't surprise me that they're up there, but it surprises me that they have yeah, actually I'm surprised- been. I'm surprised that Noble Park, Park aren't yeah. number one, but maybe Noble Park are you know, doing, doing things differently with their ball movement. They seem, When we yeah. watched them on Queen's birthday, they were able to cut sides up just with their precision. They don't really rely on stoppages as much as yep. they might have done a couple of years ago. And, and yep. plus, Kapanke is a box hill listed ruckman. So mm. that might be a bit of an edge because if there's one sort of weakness might be that 
no, no Park don't have like a star ruckman, but Kieran Bollers and Jack Beach aren't, aren't bad ruckmen. No, so, they, they did well. So it's a, it's a pretty interesting one. The other thing, though, of course, I, you know, I was about to mention the Park Orchards play a lot better at, at Dominey, but mm-hmm. Noel Park, since they lost to Doncaster Race in round five, haven't lost. Uh, they've got an average winning margin of 51.5, and that includes a win over Blackburn that was by two goals. So, yes. you know, it's probably a bit more than that. They've also beaten Baldwin, South Croydon, and I know Vermont aren't the Vermont of old, but it's still Vermont. Mm. Um, you know, and if they win this one, they've only got two more games against the top six anyway. Uh, they've got Baldwin away in round 15 and Roval the next week at home. So, you know, the, the way they're playing, everyone considers them number one seed, Josh. They could go into the finals with 13 consecutive wins. Yeah, and that's that's definitely a scary proposition. And, you know, it sort of would have been what I expected because they've got so much talent and so much depth across the entire field. But, yeah, this is, you know, these next couple of weeks, they've got Park Orchards, Nord and Berwick. This is the right time to, you know, gear up and prepare for those matches against Baldwin and Roval. Park or- this match against Park Orchards in particular is a, a good one because, you know, Park Orchards are def- definitely a side that could be around their cup finals time. They've definitely shown that, you know, p- are threatening to make finals. But, yeah, I think this is a good opportunity for Noble Park to get ready for those Bowen and Roval games. Do you agree, Jared, that the, the <coughs> connotation that Park Orchards are definitely more dangerous? Obviously, they beat Bowen, so Bowen wouldn't want to face them <laughs> yeah. in the first final. Because at the moment, really? if Park Orchards were to... At the moment, the finals are Bowen, Blackburn, Donny, South Croydon. Mm. So, um, Park Orchards... Percentage is much better. It doesn't matter because Blackburn have got the draw, but they've scored 975 points, which is, you know, the, the other top five. So if you look at the top five, Doncaster is the lowest scorers with 960, and then you've got Blackburn on 700, and then Vermont and Norwood around the same mark. So the fact that Park Orchards, are, that it shows that they're, they're probably, the stats-wise, they're actually matching it with the top five. They yeah. probably, yeah. you know, they don't have as many A-graders. Maybe their bottom six, as we mentioned um, out at Norwood, South Korean last week, is where they might be getting let down, but... You would agree that they're probably more dangerous to the likes of Baldwin and South Croydon. Absolutely, and they've shown it as well. I think uh, accuracy, you know, it's it's it may, cost them two games. It, it cost them a couple games exactly. Uh, it may be a little, I don't know. Well, it's um, probably cost them cliche, three games actually because they've the lost Vermont. Well, four. So four. Vermont, where Vermont kicked incredibly accurately, yep. South Croydon, I think, South jumped them in the first quarter, kicked like yep. nine goals to none. And I think they kicked incredibly accurately. Inaccurately. Yeah, oh, yeah. South Croydon did South yeah, Croydon six, did. sixteen two, um, and yeah, then yeah. you've got. The Blackburn lost us by 10 points in a pretty even game under lights, and then yep. they also lost to Nord, which, Nord, which we watched, won, and eight, they nine, should have definitely won that one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'd absolutely agree that they should be um, a little bit higher. They should be that sixth team. If, if not, you give if them two wins match. there, they're on. So if you give them the Norwood win and, let's say, the Vermont win, they would be on. You can't give them wins. They lost no, the games. Yeah. But <laughs> if they join my hypothetical world, they would mm. be. They would actually be in fifth above yep. South Korea on percentage. Yeah. Um, you know, so so maybe they are maybe this game is actually a top six game for Noble rather than rather than playing seventh. In terms of the actual quality, uh, mm. if we're not if we're not actually talking about sort of like the narrative of the season and how the permutations will work out, I agree. Because uh, you know Blackburn, you know they steadied the ship a little bit. Are they that sixth seed? They're beating a lot of the teams uh, below them. They're not necessarily beating the teams above them. Whereas you look at Park Orchards and they are. They have beaten Baldwin and they are challenging the teams above them. They are doing that classic thing, though, where, uh, where sides just can't fail to do the things that's, that are simple, you know, yeah. and, and that's the thing that's probably hurt Norwood in recent years. You know, they've yeah. failed to get back into finals since they lost that grand final in 2015. Absolutely. And, and you could argue that that's because they've just failed to do the simple things. Um, but to be honest, tipping wise, you can't go past Noble. You know, Noble, mm-hmm. Roeville, Baldwin at the moment, unless they play each other, you sort of just have to lock them in because. 
you know, Roval, you can't tip against someone that haven't given you a reason to. No, but we all think of the best team in it. And I've, again, Baldwin, I look at Baldwin's team and can't see them losing. So yep. I assume we're all going to tip Noble, but we yeah, hold yeah. our hold a candle for Park Orchard's hopes, Josh? Yeah, definitely. Hearts with Park Orchard's, but I always tip with my head and I'm going Noble Park here. Yeah, i got to go the same here uh, with Noble Park. As much as we've been talking about Park Orchard's and, uh, and as much as I think well, they We've got to make it interesting, shake. Jared. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> It'd be pretty boring if we came on and said, uh, Noble, and we must six goals. Don't go watch. Well, I think Park Orchard's have the it is, capacity it is meant to, to, rain, to make it interesting. And it is meant to rain, which yep. True, would probably true. suit Noble's it might, yeah. midfield, but yep. also might, you know, with Park Orchard's forward line not really having a marking tall or mm. a marking player, that yeah. might actually suit them as well. A bit of well, that so. chaos ball in the, in the yeah. back six. It's then. just one of those games where, yeah, you just got a funny feeling that it might be closer than the ladder predicts. Uh, other games in this division, Doncaster and Berwick, you know, when they've played ages ago, what was it, round six or so, um, you know, this was a big game because neither side had got a win. On paper, we expected Berwick to win on form. It was out at Berwick. Doncaster, you know, kicked accurately. Berwick really struggled in front of goal that day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And since then, Doncaster have obviously showed that they're a lot better than we expected. You know, they've got the three wins. They're the only side to beat Roeville. They play a, you know, they've, Chris Anakis has said, they play a defence-first style. Um, Their midfield is their strength. Um, And obviously, Kyle Vickers has kicked 31 goals as a small forward. But, (laughs) um, you know, at Doncaster, they've been playing some decent footy. You know, they almost held up Blackburn pretty well in pretty sloppy conditions at Morton Park and only lost to a a ball inside by six goals, Josh. So, you would say Doncaster deserved to go in favourites, especially considering Berwick only kicked one goal last week. Yeah, and, you know, they definitely do. And I I think, yeah, it's going to be a lot... As harder as hard I reckon against Doncaster to score for Berwick, who yeah they've they've just struggled to to score in general this year as and, well. And for Berwick, Travis Tuck's still out. He's had like ongoing concussion issues, so we really hope for his sake that you yeah. know that you know more more important things than a, a relegation battle. And and even then they they look comfortable. So we hope Travis is putting his health first, so he's not named uh, Parker and Heddles back in for Berwick, and then. Only one change for Doncaster. Jonathan Vathikos comes in, no outs, so it looks like they might just be naming an emergency. But Jared, yeah, it's. I think it it'll be a good close game. Both sides play a similar style, but Doncaster deserve to be favourites. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, I think Doncaster, you know, they're starting to find the scores that they struggled to. Uh, earlier in the season, uh, Vickers is really sort of starting to set the world on fire, and even Jamar, you know, the sleeping giant, has has woken up a little bit. Well, I think they've, they've found goals. a way to utilise him better. Yeah, he's, mm. he's kicked a lot of goals from actually ruck craft inside four fifty, mm. and mm. even the game we watched him, it, it was just that he couldn't really run. Everything yeah. else was still there. It's just the running capacity seemed to be going. Yeah, no, that makes that makes perfect sense. Uh, and I think Berwick, I'm not sure if they have an option against that. I've, uh, as far as my knowledge... Well, that might be the one me. area that, yeah, Donca- that's Doncaster's strength is the fact that they've got Jake Spencer and then Jamar in the Ford 50 and Spencer's mm. a bit of an extra mid. Um, you know, Jack Martin's yep. having a good year. Kane Hendon had 33 touches and 10 marks last week. Mm. You know, and he played at Surrey Park only three years ago. He's actually jumped from the bottom division to the top and, yeah. and hasn't his output hasn't dropped. So, yeah. you know, he probably doesn't get as much respect as needed just because he's playing for Doncaster. If he was doing yeah. this at a, at a Roval or a Noble, everyone would be, you know, waxing yeah. lyrical. So mm-hmm. do give him a shout-out. Campbell Tweedy's been playing some good footy. Um, so, yeah, you, you would say that Doncaster have figured out a way to, to make the sum of their parts work together rather than trying to play a style of footy that doesn't suit their players, yep. um, especially this year when, you know, it, the job is pretty much staying up. And so far... They're doing well. The next game is Norwood Vermont. Now, this one, you know, as much as you think both these sides are out of the running, technically they still are in the running just because of the way that 
you know, Blackburn, like we said, they, they don't look like they're going to beat a top five side, so they won't really pull away. So if you can beat them when you play them, you're still a chance. And then Park Orchards, as we've said, have missed opportunities. So Vermont on Norwood, Vermont, uh, you know, if they were to win and Blackburn were to lose, they'd actually probably be in sixth at the end of the round, incredibly. Um, and Norwood, uh, if they were to win and Blackburn were to lose, they would close in to half a game behind. Norwood uh, recalled Dylan Atkins. Uh, into the side, so there's a bit more height and, and, and polish. He's he's named to play on the halfback flank. I don't think that's where he'll play. Uh, Callum Sparrow keeps his, his spot after doing really well against Max King. Mm. Um, no Blake Pearson returning, no Lachlan Dixon returning, no Michael Pearson returning, so still a fair bit off there. Vermont, though, they've recalled some some pretty key names in terms of Tyson Hames and Andrew Ainger, so unfortunately for them, though, Noah Riddle, Matt Arnott, Tyson Calder, Ned Coughlin, Thomas North, Exit the site. So it's, it's out at Mullum Mullum. Uh, this is an incredibly hard one to tip, to be yeah. honest, because, yeah, we, we've sort of not put them in irrelevancy, but both sides look to be a fair way off the pace, so we haven't really followed them too closely, but they're still in the race and, and they're both injury riddled. They're both playing people that we didn't expect them to play. They've both got key position, but like neither side has got their original starting Ruckman from round one playing. So... Mm. I really don't know where to go with this one. It's it is a very hard one to tip as well, but I just think you know Norwood they they showed a bit of promise last week. It was I think it was mainly that third quarter where South Korean kicked I think it was five or six goals and yeah. well they actually kicked the first one didn't they and got it back to a goal yeah. of difference through Hayden Kemp who I, who the Premier Data stats had with low numbers. I thought he did a lot better than the numbers they gave him out, but yeah it was. They showed a bit. They just don't have the personnel. Yeah, and I think it was mainly lost in midfield because you know they didn't, they couldn't compete with with Max King, King and they, which means that with no Robbie Ross, no Anthony Jenkins, um, Mason Hawkins is well, he's but, named there, but I, I think they're missing. Looking on the back end, they're missing a ruckman when they've named positions. So I don't think Hawkins is going to play in the ruck. Uh, yeah, so, so it might be so that that you know. Callum Sparrow might come in as the number one ruckman on the ground despite yeah. it being his second game. So that might help Nord's It chances. would help. It definitely does help. And, you know, I think despite not having the midfield like a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, still missing Blake Pearson. They've Lockett, still got Maloney. Yeah, Maloney they've still got Maloney. Like, yeah. And, you know, I think they've still got plenty of talent in midfield. And, you know, they've got a pretty solid defence as well. I, I I do give them a bit of a chance here, Nord. I think I'd be actually backing them because it's out at Mullum It is at Mullum It'd be weird, Jared, because Marty Pass could be faced with a decision, a dilemma, because does he throw the likes of Jamie Bennell and Rhett Jordan into the middle to keep their flickering finals flame going? Mm. Or do you throw the likes of Busetto, Hayden Camp, Kieran West, Michael Cramp, his name Bettison on ball? Mm. Do you throw the likes of them around the footy and go, let's like, you know, this year's a bit of a, a free swing now and, and we try to produce some more depth? It's a weird... It's yeah, a weird one because, like I said, if they keep, one, yeah. if they do win this game, they're still in the hunt somehow. Yeah, exactly. But I suppose the question is, you know, do you want to make up the numbers in the finals? Because you know, they they make no. the finals and they. they the only the only thing I would say there is that Norwood. It's been such a thing that they really should have been making finals for years mm. after they they competed so in back to back grand finals. A point of pride, perhaps. Maybe I think all coaches would want to make finals. But yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. agree with you. Do you. Are you better off? Playing because, like we said, their bottom six seemed to be the issue mm. last week. So if they can actually throw more experience to some of these younger guys next year when they have a full twenty-two and can recruit and top up again, yep. their bottom six, their depth will actually be stronger because these guys have played on ball against the like of Lockie Johns and Alex Greenwood. Mm. So 
do you play the long game for one more year and yeah. miss the finals, or do you? Because last year they technically, I think they finished third, so mm. that'll be a, something they'll be ruining. But yeah, 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 it's true. It's very much true that they will have been disappointed by that and might have been wanting to make the ground up this year again. Might have been wanting to, but I, I think at this point, perhaps they they have to be realistic, uh, take a step back, and think. You know what? Next year, you know, this year might have might be a little bit lost, especially with such important injuries, uh, and next year might be the crack that they the crack that they need so perhaps they do I think that I think that would be the line coming out of Mullen Mullen should yeah. there should there ever be press conferences held you know maybe we'll push for that next year Josh Ooh, you can scoops scoops yeah, can just go to each yeah. club on a Thursday yeah. night yeah. um but yeah I yeah I think that's a dilemma uh tipping oh, incredibly hard I might go Vermont just on the Lockie Johns factor mm. I think Johns Greenwood Fisher uh, Angel, they're starting. They're, there's five or six names that I think they can, you know, that can probably just pull them across the line. Nord don't really have that. Besides Maloney, I know Jamie Bennell's got the star power. I think they misuse him in terms of I just put him around the ball more often. But yep. again, they might be going the long game. So for me, Vermont, you, you're going Nord, Josh, yeah, because it's Mullen Mullen. Yep. I'll go Vermont on this one just because of those names that are back. Uh, I think. Uh, the ruck position is what makes me question it. The a only little thing bit more. that, yeah, the only yeah. thing that wouldn't, if they were playing someone, you know, like a park orchard to have two decent ruckmen and, yep. and experienced, yep. I'd be going the other way. But the yep. fact that Callum Sparrow was only in his second game, mm. um, you know, yeah. it, 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 it battled well. But he battled well, it, but it, you know, yeah. second game blues second, as well. So yeah, true. Very yeah, true. it's that's a very interesting game for people to keep an eye on. Obviously, back in round two, and they played Nord, kicked the first six, and then ended up losing the game. So I know Tristan Tweedy went down in the second quarter, and he was keeping a wrap on Andrew Ainger, so you know things can can work out mysterious ways. But yes, the winner of that will continue to stay in the finals hunt, despite us not really thinking they'll make finals. Uh, the next one, one team that definitely will make finals is Baldwin, and they take on Blackburn, and it'll be an interesting game, mainly for Blackburn, because if you look at the Baldwin ins, McCaffrey, Charlie Haley, Will Wheaton, um, Thomas Freeman, and Matthew Casey, Chris Pendlebury's out, but but the ins really outweigh the outs. So their team's as close to full strength. You just put Pendlebury back into it, and it's looking really, really good. Um, it's more interesting for Blackburn because on Good Friday they got pants by this Baldwin team. So they'll want to see how far they've come. Um, but as we mentioned, Blackburn's record against the top five has been pretty poor this year, Joe. Yeah, indeed it has. Uh, and I think when it comes to these quality sides, I'm not sure if Blackburn necessarily has uh, all the answers. They've been able to just sort of like put the lock on teams, you know, stranglehold the game a little bit more recently as they've, you know, changed up the way that they play. Uh, I think Baldwin just... I mean, as you've said throughout the year, Maddie, they have so much quality across all their lines, uh, and I'm not sure if uh, Blackburn, like at some point uh, across the lines, they're going to like falter at one. Yeah, stage well, Mackenzie Dorian returns yeah. for Blackburn, which is a big in. Mm. That'll be the first time this year. Yeah. Matthew Bartlett's back, uh, and Reese Conker. So they've added some some talent themselves. But yeah, I agree with you. There's, you know, Michael Dunnell probably he did a good job on Jordan Lyle in round one, yep. um, but then you know Charlie Haley was. You know, five goals. I think he was player of the day or close to. I know he kicked goal of the day, but he was, you know, really close to player of the day. Um, He'll be keen to make up for lost time after missing the last fortnight. Yep. Um, You know, they've named Matthew Casey at centre forward. Alex Urban kicks goals. Um, you know, there's there's goals are plenty across the ball and field. So, yeah, you know, I think they've just got too much scoring power, Josh. Yeah, but you know, the inclusions of Bartlett and Dorian, uh, Mackenzie Dorian, are pretty handy. You know. Dorian has now has that VFL experience. He's played, I think, all thirteen games for the for the Bullants this year as well. He hasn't like set the world on fire, but he has that VFL experience, which I think, which has been good because for the last two years he's been on 
Box Hills, Hills and then Richmond's yeah. or something. I think Box he was Hills. on Box Hills, and yeah. he just because because they're AFL affiliated, he just wasn't getting yeah. the game. So the move for him, yeah, as many's finally got that exposure and consistently. I, yeah, and I think you know he'll definitely play a bit, play a big role in you know helping Black Blackburn you know push ball, and and I think yeah because. He hasn't, like I said, set the world on fire, but he'd want to get back into decent touch heading into the back end of the VFL season and no better opportunity to do mm. that than against the really strong He is really that Blackburn have been missing too. Yeah, and I think definitely adds a lot of X factor, but I just think, yeah, with the scoring power Bowen have now, I'd be backing them and it's out of Cherry Road too, mm. so... Yeah, it's a neutral run. I think we're all going... Ball and the other yeah. game is Doncaster East, North Ringwood. Doncaster East will win this one um, fairly comfortably and... It's a weird one because I don't see them sneak. They're two games out of the top two, but you've just got to keep winning and, and put percentage pressure on the likes of Noah Park and Roveland and hope that somehow you, you slip in. So, you know, otherwise it's all do or die for those three to six sides. Yep. Uh, the Oracle, again, back back in action. So let, the Oracle's got Park Orchards winning by a goal over Noble, 97 to 91. Now, after the cases we all made, it sounds like we would agree, but we all yep. tip Noble Park. Yep. Uh, Baldwin to win by 41 points over Blackburn. I think a bit harsh on Blackburn, but... I sort of agree. Uh, Southcourt and Roval is the other game that we didn't really mention too much about. This is a big one. You know, out it at Cheong Park, Southcourt have mentioned that they, you know, they're another one who, Jared, their record against fellow top five sides yeah. is poor. Yeah, it like, is. They lost, they've lost the Noble pretty comfortably. They lost the Roval by five or six goals. Um, they've lost to Baldwin. They sh- they said they should have probably got that one. They gave them a head start. Mm. Um, and then I believe if they played the, and then they've lost to Doncaster East as well. So, yeah. South Croydon are sort of like Blackburn, but they're better than Blackburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so this is a big game for them to, you know, at home. They've got seven home games to come out of the last eight. Yep. I know they don't have their rooms and so on, but a really big chance if they can win this one, get some momentum and really make a push for top two. Yeah, I think though uh, those home ground advantages sort of like all in a row will start to stack on each other, but this is the first in a long run. They've played one against Noble Park, you know, a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, so they've played so. and they played one at Ringwood. So they've got seven of the last eight at home. Yeah. Or maybe six of the last eight. I'm not... I think I'm not entirely sure what it is. There's uh, how many rounds left? They've played how many games have people played? They've played eleven. They've played eleven. So there's seven games left. They might have six of them. They have seven games at home. Oh, that is. So their last seven at home. So this is an interesting dilemma for if they can get this win, as the Oracle is predicting, eighty-five to eighty-two. If if they can get this win, Mm. we spoke about Noble possibly going into the finals on the back of thirteen wins. If South Korea can get a win, they're playing at home every week. They can model their game plan around it. They can really, you know, create a momentum. Yep. They could also hit finals on the run, and a lot of teams are scared of them. And looking at their last uh, six matches after Roville, not one of them is currently in the top six. So who have they got? They, except for um, Blackburn. So they've got Park Orchards, Blackburn, Berwick, who, Vermont. Who may got, Blackburn may well at the end of this round, if Vermont win, be out of the top six. Yep, that's very true, but... Uh, it's going to be one way or the other, or the other. Like yeah. what one of these teams is going okay, to be so in the top six? They're going to play one of them. So yeah, who have yeah, they yeah. got? Park Orchards, Blackburn, Berwick, Vermont, Doncaster, Norwood. All right. So on paper mm. and on the form they've put out this year, South Croydon, if they win this one, shouldn't lose yeah. again. Yeah, uh, it looks like which that means they would the hit. They would hit the finals with seven more wins on fourteen and four. That's usually pretty good. Mm. It's pr- probably good enough to get top. Three, three, so it would come yeah. down to percentage. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really interesting when you look at sort of like a team like a Baldwin or a, a Noble Park that could get knocked out of that top three spot. 
Yeah, well, like you said, third all third really does is it means you're probably going to play that side that just sneaks in. Mm. You don't yep. actually get the yep. double chance, which is why the Park Orchard's dilemma is interesting because yeah. you would much rather play Blackburn in a do-or-die game, personally, the yep. style they play. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the, the Oracle's got South Korean by half a goal. Mm. But as I said before, Josh, Roval haven't really given us a reason to tip against them this year. Yeah, they haven't. And, you know, it's hard to tip against them here. I think South Korean only won because of the, the midfield battle last week. Norwood yeah. did struggle and, you know... They have got a lot of goal kickers. Sheridan, Mallison bobs up every yeah. week. Dano King's starting to hit the scoreboard. Wilson. Yeah, they do. And Max King as well, we've seen, you know. Well, yeah, if, they could, if they could finally get Suze Bolek from Coburg, that might unlock <laughs> unlock another avenue. Um, but, you know, I think Roval have the Matthew midfield. Jo- to- sorry, Matthew Jones is back in for his first game since Park Orchards when he hurt his hamstring quite badly. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty handy in as well. But, um you know, Roval do have the midfield to match it up as well. And they've got the Ruckman, Nicholas Schoenmakers. He's the one that's... Well, he, he can definitely match it with Max King. Yeah, and, you know, they've got Anthony Brolick, Lockie McDonald, Tyler, Tyler Edwards well, is he, back in midfield he, Yeah, he well. returns as does Curtis Flakemore and Kyle Hager. Uh, Tyrese Lou, Mitchell Shrook and Tane Barlow all depart. Tyrese Lou is someone of note as well. Obviously been playing for Carlton VFL and came straight mm-hmm. in. Uh, best on ground and then straight out uh, with the VFL buys. Um, I'm pretty sure he was at South Belgrave last year as well, Tyrese. Um, yeah, so it's a very, very interesting game. You're right. It, but are you following suit with we can't tip against Roval? Yeah, I'm definitely backing Roval here. Yeah, looking at the last game, it was 112 to 97. Uh, so they were both very happy to just sort of like well, go which for is good. Gold. And look, play, like the game, even the game last week, if it wasn't for high amount of turnovers, it was mm. played in the right spirit. It was definitely yeah. something that you would enjoy watching. So that's and South Korea, and obviously they Marcus Pizzaglo this week, and uh, I believe it was uh, Will Spencer's piece um, or Connor Schmicky. Sorry, boys, I've forgotten <laughs> which of you wrote that one. But um, you know, Marcus Pizzaglo did say that that is one area they need to mop up is that they concede a lot. They concede conceded 915 points this year, mm. um, which is only only better than North Ringwood. Yeah, which is quite uh, quite worrying for a finals bound team. But uh, I think and I think that will probably show out here because Roval just have that uh, the ability to just go hard and go you know score score against honestly most of the teams in this division. Yeah, well they're, they're scoring only Baldwin. Uh, well, South Korean is slightly higher scoring, but obviously if you're playing shootouts, you, you, you're going to score gonna higher. Happen, so yeah. um, only Noble and Baldwin are the other sides ahead of Roville. So mm. it's going to be, look, if you don't come to, if you're not going to Park Orchard's Noble, go to South Korean yeah. and Roville. Yeah. Um, it is Seems obviously though, with the works going on, hard to get a park there. So catch the train, walk up from East Ring, walk down from East Ringwood train station, catch the bus, do whatever you can. But that that is a, a really, really interesting game. Um, and it is just interesting to see how Roeville go because it's sort of like everyone's waiting for them to stumble just because they have surprised us all. Yep. Um, but at the moment, they're not stumbling. Until they do, we have yep. to we have to assume they're, they're good for it. Uh, Norwood, Vermont. The Oracle's got this one being one of the more drab affairs. Uh, Norwood, 47, <laughs> defeating Vermont, 37. Uh, yeah. To be fair, Mullum Mullum has not really been the highest scoring venue in years. The rain at the moment, it's been pissing down from about 3 a.m. Uh, the ground was in pretty good condition last week, but if it gets wet underfoot, um, it could turn into a bit of a slop. Neither side's really got a goal kicker, so... No. You know, don't doubt the Oracle. The Oracle's got Doncaster winning 52-50 to 50 over Berwick. 
I can see that happening. Yeah, Neither yeah. side's really high scoring. Yeah. Again, Shrams yeah. can get a bit choppy. Could and be then, inaccurate as well. And then the last yeah. game, North Ringwood, 55. Doncaster is 83. The Oracle is probably a bit generous to the Saints there, but they have been playing better since yeah. the Queen's birthday bye. Mm. All right, gents, that's Premier Division wrapped up. When we come back, we'll go straight down to Div 3 and Div 4 where we talk about the Furniture Gallery story that we cannot take our eyes off. Eastland's new sporting precinct, the Circuit, has arrived. Race into the circuit for customised kicks, giveaways, streetwear, new stores and more. Visit eastland.com.au for more details. Joel wheels around onto his left, goes long inside 50, coming down just about half forward through the hands, going inside 50. They've got to try and get their hands on this Finn Brown. Oh, Finn Brown, brilliant. Can he kick the goal? Finn Brown, he has. Welcome back to the Deakin Uni weekend forecast. We won't be hearing a bit more of that. Tomorrow with uh, Brett Besson in the cold chair and Finn Brown, for Heathmont's sake, hopefully kicking goals. Uh, but we're not talking about that at the moment. We're going straight down into Division 3 and Division 4. And, you know, you mentioned off the top, Jared, that the Furniture Gully story is something you cannot personally take your eyes off. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, it, it is probably the, the, mo- the more uplifting story in this division at the moment because the, 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 every other story seems to be about relegation with the top four seemingly locked in. Um, and they're probably going to divine Division 3 this season, Furniture Gully. They're either yep. going to bottom out, they're probably going to lose this game, let's say, and then def- try and, you know, maybe ruin Coldstream's momentum, yeah. or they're going to continue on their way and really heap the pressure on the Cougars, who, despite their form, will still be looking over their shoulder. Yeah, absolutely, they will. Uh, Fantry Gallery, we, we, said the, we said it right throughout the start of the season, they're not the team that you know, you know, the, the stats say mm. they are, uh, and they're now starting to really show why we were saying that before and uh, i think jack flannery is one of the big reasons why all of a sudden you know he kicked eight uh last week which was huge he's kicked 12 in the past two weeks i think he's he's doing what uh i was hoping he well, would do he's doing uh, what they he's doing what they hope because yeah. they didn't want to have to keep playing him in the ruck they wanted him to turn into that goal kicker yeah exactly and you got to keep dso in the ruck that's sort of as much as like he was good to sort of watch up forward when he did go up forward against warren diet uh you don't you don't want him there. It's it's sort of uh, you know it, it was a desperate sort of like stake to try and put goals on the board essentially. No, absolutely. And and Fergie's scoring power has improved a lot since a we lot. saw them against Warrandyte that yeah. first time out. Ryan Phillips returns as well as Jordan Powell and Mitchell Buckley for Warrandyte. So that's exciting for them because they've sort of struggled to score since Phillips. Well, not struggled to score, but they haven't been haven't had that same flow since he's no. been. In out, but uh, Alex Bull and Riley Pentland returned for Ferntree Gully, um, and obviously Luke McComb played his first game after that PCL injury last week. So their side is really starting to click now. Mm. Um, since their draw with Coldy, Ferntree Gully have averaged 109 points per game, Josh, and had 23 scoring shots last week, so it could have been higher. They kicked 20 behinds. Um, and if we think about it, they really should have won in round four against Warrandyte. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's... It's hard to ignore their their form and the, the fact that at their best, they're definitely a top four side. But Warrandyte, you know, they lost to Donvale by one point on the weekend. They should have won. They were up, up at halftime by a long way and only had two shots after the break. Um, but they haven't lost at home. So, you know, it depends on what you value more. You know, is it Warrandyte's home form or is it the Furniture Gully momentum? It's definitely hard. Furniture Gully, they would have liked to have headed into this game with, with plenty of momentum and... They do have that momentum, you know. They've scored scored as freely as any side, or better than any side, in last couple of weeks. You know, last week it could have been a lot worse. They kicked thirteen goals, twenty, and you know, I I I, I do give them a bit of a chance, but 
yeah, Warren Dyke have made Warren Dyke Reserve or the Blood Bank a bit of a fortress down there. I, I, I would back Ferntree Gully, but yeah, I think Warren Dyke's defence is also pretty stingy as well, stingier than like a couple of defences that the Eagles have faced in the past. You know, Glenn Waverley, they're a decent defence, but not the greatest. Fair Park is one of the weaker defences, as is as is Whitehorse. So, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be definitely hard, but I think. Yeah, I do give them a little bit of a chance, but yeah, it's it's always hard to to break a fortress break a fortress down, especially when you know they've won pretty much every game since I think last year. Even they didn't lose a game at Warren Dyke. Yeah, Reserve. not that I can remember. Um, the one thing as well for Warren Dyke, we talked about you know Noble and South Croydon's run home when we did Premier Division. Warren Dyke now will have played after this weekend the the other four best sides. You know they've played uh, Wavy Blues. The first game after the bye, so their their first games were Waverley, Donvale, Coldy, and Fenchagalli, which on paper were the other top four or top yep. other members of the top five. So after this, they really shouldn't lose. No. So Warrandyte should make finals regardless of of a win loss here, mm-hmm. Jared. But the other but. thing for them is if they win this one, they can pretty much they should have a clear run at the top two because Donvale still have to play Coldy, Fenchagalli. And the Waverley Blues. Yeah, that seems like uh, yeah, that seems like a pretty decent equation for a Warrandyte who hasn't necessarily hit their straps all year. They haven't well, returned they'll to need what to, the, they'll the need form to get. Was. They'll need to to start syncing up before the finals. Yeah, absolutely. So they can run themselves into form uh, during that uh, during that run against the the lower sides, I suppose. Well, I was about to say the bottom four, but they're technically not the bottom four because yeah. Fenchagalli's still in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Which isn't which sort of like yeah, catamounts of the pigeons, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, Warrandyte, they have the class, they have the ability to you know when it all comes together. Uh, we saw them last year to put it out in the field. Uh, uh, Tommy Tout he kicked five goals for them uh, last week, which was uh, an impressive run. I think uh, Chris Tout as well is also uh, playing uh, pretty well. Uh, these are you know two important names for them. So it's slow. Phillips will be back in uh, today, and it'll so be a big round for them because yeah. they were in their uh, Indigenous jumper at home hosting mm-hmm. a, a big thing. And Warren yeah. is, is a very special area for the Indigenous cultures. Yeah. As, as Probably all land is given yeah. it's theirs, but yeah. um, <laughs> especially Warren and their jumper, to be honest, is probably one of the better designs mm, uh, across the really six. Nice. East Build released theirs last night to their playing group and and was put out in the public this morning. We've gone on a bit of a tangent here, but <laughs> that, I think Warren is the best of the lot. I really like the design. So, what well yeah. on Dakota Brooking um, and his uncle that he that he worked with there. But yeah, back to the game. Um, so, where are you leaning? Because for me. Warren Dyke just, I think, yeah. home form, Phillips, Powell, Buckley back, the Indigenous jumper sides. We saw Nord really start red hot. You know, they like, they want to play for this um, momentum and having events like this can often give a side an extra boost. And But Fentry Gully's team is really good. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm honestly leaning towards uh, Fentry Gully. You know, they're, they're just the goals the that Cinderella they've added. run. Yeah, it, it's looking like it, uh, at least at the moment. As I think we have to have a look at Coles Dream and what they're – uh, what's coming up for them to see if it's mathematically likely. Well, Coldy still have to play Donvale, the Waverley Blues, and okay. Fernshaw Gully. So yeah. I think if Fernshaw Gully win every game, and yep. this is a big one for them, mm. it's the first Absolutely. big big sort of team that they'll have to, to knock off. Yes, um, if they can, If they can do that, um, then Coldy will be, okay, we've got to, we got to make sure we don't slip up because the thing, again, when we get to Coldstream's game, that they've sort of struggled away from home too. So um, it's it's not just a matter of 
you know, Fernandinho like winning all their games. If Coldy start tripping up, then it makes it more interesting. But, yeah, so you're going Fernandinho. I'm going Fernandinho. Warren died. Oh, I'm going to back Warren. Okay, good yeah. man, Josh. Good man. <laughs> yeah, we got the split. Uh, let's jump into that Glen Waverley Coldstream game. Glen Waverley yet to name their side on the back end. They may have named it on social media, but it's a big game for Glen Waverley because they're now finally in that bottom two. Um, it's happened <laughs> after after all these weeks of just sort of hoping Fernandinho would wouldn't get a, a move on or Fair Park would continue to have their woes. Um, but the the thing with Scoresby Whitehorse only being on four wins, if Glen Waverley can make their home ground a bit of a fortress, Jared, um, get some wins at home, they can put pressure on the likes of Whitehorse and Scoresby. And then, but the quality point of view is that, as we just mentioned, they need to make sure they win these games because if they do have a slip up here and then play the likes of Don Van Wavy Blues, they could actually drop out. Yeah, and that could make the their specific game against Ventry Gully, which was a draw last yeah, time. Yeah, very yeah, and interesting. I think it's a draw, and I think it's the second last round. So yeah. I think Coldy have those three games sort of bunched together. So they, they need yeah. to make sure they don't slip up in the meantime. Uh, this is looking like a very interesting run home for Coldstream. I, it's, yeah, one to really keep an eye on. I, I do like that. Uh, Glenn Waverley, on the other hand, uh, uh, we saw Adam Marchetti come in and kick four goals last week. So a newfound scoring source perhaps for the Hawks uh, with Lewis Holmes out of the side. Which, which they need because they're the lowest scorers. Yeah, the absolutely. It's it's an important thing for them uh, and something that was definitely sort of – it's been focused on a little bit. You know, uh, you, you mentioned that they're a decent defence. I think they're sort of like decent for where they're at on the ladder, uh, yep. definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, I they're think, a better defence than Whitehorse on paper yep. um, yeah. and, and, and so on. It's interesting, Glen Waverley, because when they kick goals, it seems like they only ever kick, like they don't ever get a spread. No, if you know what I mean. No, like there always, always seems to be one guy kicking five. Yeah, it's Pickering or Holmes or yeah, in this case, or Marchetti. Marchetti and, yeah, and I don't know what your read is, Josh, and you know, and I'm sure that fellow loves kicking five goals, and I love watching guys kick bag of goals. But for Glen Waverley, that'll, that'll be the thing that when other sides are winning at the moment, there's a spread. Mm. Even the Waverley yeah. Blues, with all their firepower, don't often have one guy kick over 40% of their goals. Yeah, and that's the thing as well. Coldstream, they do have plenty of options up forward. You know. They'll be annoyed, though, that Mitchell Edmonds and Lachlan Koga are out, as well as yeah. Lachlan Craig, so they are weakened. But Dusk, Fritch. Fritch is playing. Yep. Fritch is yep. playing. He kicked five last week. Cameron Shield can kick goals. Um, yep. Darcy Carrigan, we've yep. seen he can kick goals from midfield as well. Darcy Fritch as well, he kicked five last time. He played against Glen Waverley as well. So, mm. yeah, I, I think... They do struggle to travel, do the Cougars, but I just think they've still got a little bit more of a, a spread of goal kickers than than Glen Waverley do. If they, you know, if they find other avenues to goal, that I think I'd give Glen Waverley a chance. But I just think, yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to be enough just having that one. Yeah, goal I think kicker. Lock and Craig is is a big out because it'll it weakens their midfield. But yeah, it's hard it's hard mm-hmm. to go past Coldy given Glen Waverley's current form, but. Like we said, the the pressure that will be on both sides might make this one a bit of a, a nervy start. Obviously, there's less pressure technically on Coldstream, Jarrett, but they, yep. they'll be feeling – a few of them will be feeling it the more yep. and more Fernandinho going to get on this roll. Definitely. Uh, Fair Park host Domvale, uh, this one's just a bit of a – you know, for Fair Park, it's it's one about just – they just have to make sure that they keep their percentage fair, like they don't want it to drop off completely so that when they do play Scoresby – and Whitehorse um, later on, they might be able to, to pinch one. Um, and then for Donvale, they'll want to keep the good times rolling because, you know, they've knocked off Warrandyte. Um, they've got into second spot. They want to keep building their percentage up and start to hit that, that Waverly Blues cold stream sort of double weekend yep. in the right form. Yeah, no, it's uh, absolutely true. And with all their sort of, you know, players in a healthy spot as well because that's been their main issue throughout that sort of like middle bit of the season. Uh, I'd say, I'd, yeah, I can't really see... Um, 
Fair Park making much of an impact uh, on on Donvale. It'll be interesting to see what they can do, uh, Donvale, in terms of the actual scoring because they have uh, posted a couple, you know, a few high scores uh, recently, and that percentage might end up being pretty important. Crucially for Donvale as well, Zach Haig back into mm. back into their lineup, and as he well. could wreak havoc on a small ground because of the fact yeah. that he sort of plays that. You know, Max Gorn does it too sometimes where they just they don't even bother hitting it out. Mm. Um, yeah. And Kyle Wigner as well is back, so he's another midfield strength. So Haig, Haig, Murphy, you know, could could really combine a lot. And, you know, still can't believe Ethan Duncan's <laughs> playing centre-half back again, but, you know, such as his talents. And then Scoresby, Wavy Blues, this is a, a, a an interesting game. So apparently Scoresby have, um, you know, a few blocks exiting their COVID isolation today. So it's not that they won't be available, it's more that, how will they fare? Yep. Um, and then you've obviously got Waverley Blues who, who continue to roll on. They've got three outs, Facey, Fresher and Hatch, but Playstead, Sam Hale and Kinsella come back in, so it's not really a, an issue. Um, you know, what Tom Langford said during the week, Jared, that you know they know that every game they play now, whilst it might not be that important for them because top spot's all but assured, every other team has got something to play for. Yeah. You know, Scoresby at the moment are now playing to make sure they don't get dragged into relegation. Um and they've been a lot better at home. So it could be a more interesting game than it looks on paper. Yeah, uh, every, every team's got something to prove, definitely. And when they come to uh, play against the Waverley Blues, then uh, they'll want to prove it. Uh, and Scoresby will be no different. I think Christian uh, Bardisley will want to put, um, you know, put Scoresby's best foot forward against uh, the uh, the benchmark team of the league. Uh, I really, I'm not sure if I can really see Scoresby being able to contain uh, Waverley Blues' forward line, of course. I think we can say that just about any defence of, of this league at the moment, uh, uh, even though Scoresby is one of those teams where we've spoken about, and, you know, uh, we've, we've said they are they are a decent defence. It's interesting to sort of look back at their game against Donvale, where they allowed it to become a shootout, or at least that's what... Um, that's what ended up happening. I'm not sure if it yeah, was, I don't, I don't necessarily know if was the, the plan, right word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe they'll have learned from that and maybe they'll understand sort of, yeah. yeah but there, got to there, there's a not bit wanting more, it to we'll be a shootout and then there's and then, playing the Waverly Blues. Yeah, exactly. Um, so sh- maybe they just sort of like felt forced. The hand yeah. was forced. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming we're all tipping the Waverly Blues. Uh, yep. Yep. Okay, so the Oracle though. The Oracle's got Glenn Waverly Coldstream going right down the wire. He's got Coldy winning by five points. So, again, not... I think Coldy will win, maybe by a bit more than that, but I can see it being closer than it would be on paper. Donvale by five goals over Fair Park. Uh, Waverley Blues by three goals over Scoresby. I think that'll be closer to the five-goal margin. And then Ferntree Gully to win by uh, 36 points over Warrandyte. So, um, again, not out of the realms of possibility, the Oracle. Uh, And going on the form lines, you could say that, but the Blood Bank has been a fortress. We roll on into Division 4, and this round's... Pretty much easy to tip, mm. isn't it, Josh? Croydon North, Churnside, you know, six weeks ago I would have made more of a case that Croydon North could test them, but, but Churnside are starting to, to flex their muscles again after a strong win over Killy, who beat Croydon North pretty handily the, the week before that. Um, and then also Croydon North. They just look like a side to me that are just getting tired. It's been the first year yeah. where they've really, every game they've sort of come in with some confidence and that they could do it. Um, whereas in recent years it was sort of like some of the games were a bit of a write-off, so they might just be tiring a little bit. Yeah, and... You know, they do have plenty of talent, but I think now's the time to just, you know, take a potential step back and focus on next year, even maybe play some of the, the younger yeah. players or some of the players from I'm sure the they, I'm sure they'll be going out to win, but yeah, in terms of the way they yeah. grade themselves, yep. it, it, it might yep. be about about little wins and, and maybe winning a certain area of the ground or, or so on. Yeah, but I think 
they'll put up a bit of a fight to, to Churnside Park, actually. I think... Uh, I think I think last time Churnside... It, well, the contest was there, but the scoreboard was heavily favoured towards the Panthers, and I feel that's the way it'll go again. I, yeah. I think if you're watching, it wouldn't be just an absolute walkover, but yep. there'll be no chance of Corey North sort of ever really being close to, to yeah, rolling Churnside. I doubt it. It was one point last time. I think at one point Victor No, no, no. Yeah, that was at Churnside. Then they played oh, in then the they points, played again. they ran. Right. Oh, that's right. I, yeah, yeah. That one. They'll that's be up true. and about as well because Churnside Park are, are a bit of a local rival. Well, not well. even a kilometre down the road. Maybe, yeah. maybe a kilometre. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they'll be up and about for the fact that it's a local rivalry. Their third matchup against Churnside. But I just think yeah, they're, they're starting to tie and I don't think they'll get up. Yeah, absolutely. Nutter Wadding, Surrey Park, you, you're just starting to, to feel feel bad for Nutter Wadding because, mm. like I said, everyone's just seemed to have improved a lot more than they have and Surrey have been freed up under James Campworthy, Jared. Yep. Um, and you'd expect them to put on another big score because they'll be their percentage is their thing that they can point to that if they are going to chase down Churnside, which I'm not even sure if there's a, there's obviously enough games, but you don't see Churnside, you know, Silver, I think Surrey Park would have to win every game to, to possibly pitch second spot. Yeah. Um, and it looks like those two are destined to play each other in a, a prelim or, or, or something like that. But, yep. you know, you feel bad for another warning that they're going to face another side that are starting to set their sights on September. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, no hunters this time, uh, unfortunately. No hunters? I don't think, yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, uh, I don't think Surrey Park's going to drop the ball on this one. And it's, you know, the change of coach has come at a really interesting time for the Pan- uh, the, the Panthers. Um, I've, it's fascinating to see just sort of... Uh, how much of a shift it's been, at least, you know, looking on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you, Josh, would uh, know a little bit more about sort of like what goes on on yeah. the actual field uh, in terms of, you know, how much of a change uh, Kent Worthy has brought uh, to the Panther bit. But, you know, like this is this is very much, uh, you know, they're set, as you said, they're setting their sights on finals. Yeah, uh, it'll be about the way. Surrey Park should win. It's about the way they play. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, think they, I think they play a bit more of a free-flowing style under Kent. Uh, Smaller under ground, Kent, so that, yeah. that might... You know, Make it, it, it might not be someone kicking a bag from centre half forward or full forward. It might be midfielders going on a score sheet, but mm. yeah, they'll be they'll be about playing um, some good footy and, and starting to really. You know, they've obviously beaten Sylvan, but they yet to beat Churnside, so that'll be mm. the interesting game later on. And Kilsyth and Sylvan, this one's probably on paper the game of the round because Kilsyth, as we've seen, have got some talent. Um, the big ground, you know, that we're we're assuming that played a, a bit of a role in Surrey Park's win over Sylvan, so that might bring the gap closer together between the two sides, but it's pretty hard to tip against the Cats, Josh. Yeah, much like, you know, Roval, Noble and Bourne and Premier Division, it is really hard to tip against the Cats. But I think they'll definitely put up a challenge for Coulsouth. I've been really impressed with their their last couple of weeks. Um, I think the bigger ground might play a bit of a factor in it being, you know, a lot closer than... I think it might have been 100 points last time mm. these two met as well. Well, but which which in relevance isn't actually that bad, given yeah. some teams have lost <laughs> <Yeah>. by 180. <laughs> and, yeah, well, even two, yeah. And I think I think Kilsyth are a very talented side as well. The Sylvan shouldn't take them. Sylvan definitely shouldn't take them. I don't, I don't think Sylvan, Sylvan will, like you said. Um, interesting to see Luke Hoogster on the highlights. He's kept the mullet, but it's dyed it red. Oh, okay. orange even. Orange, so if you got okay. a chance, check out the Kilsoth Chanside highlights from the weekend. Hooks are rocking the orange mullet, but oh, you know, I assume that's... you agree with Josh. Jared, yeah, I do absolutely. It might be a shall- well, we don't expect it to be a shellacking, but Sylvan should win. Yep, I completely agree. Uh, especially you know if Sylvan's were uh, if Sylvan's mitts were to get to work on the inside, I think that should be that's Kilsoth's Achilles heel. I'd say yeah. you know had a lot, it, they had a lot of speed, didn't they? Yep. But yeah, it didn't really. Extract it from the middle. Uh, the Oracle, so Churnside to win by 27 points over Croydon North. 
Surrey Park by 10 goals over Nutter Wadding and Sylvan by two goals over Kilsyth. So, two goals. Yeah, maybe not. We don't think it'll be close that much, but we do <laughs> think it'll be a fairly decent game of football. And, and interesting enough that it looks like Kilsyth should be favourites to get into the top four purely because their last two games are Croydon North and Nutter Wadding. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, they play Forest Hill. So if they were to beat Forest Hill in a couple of weeks' time, that would lock it in yep. pretty much, assuming they don't drop those last two. If they lose to Forest Hill, it'll come down to percentage. Yep. Um, but they have it, the two games where they can build it up, whereas Forest Hill only playing another Waddy. So right. um, mm. if, if Forest Hill do beat Kilsyth, we're all just going to watch that percentage race yeah. as, as the year uh, winds out in Division 4. Uh, that's the bottom two divisions done and dusted here on the Deakin University weekend forecast. We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we'll go to Division 1 and Division 2, where Croydon and Juan Turner South go head-to-head for fourth spot on the Division 1 ladder. He's about 40 yards. He's going to have to. He's going to play on, run around, give himself some room. Set sail for home. Samuel Hart. Yes. He's got it. Back to four points. What a good goal that was. The Red Jackets are up and about. Deacon Uni weekend forecast coming at you right in your ears at the moment uh, with Josh Ward, Jared Beanland, and myself, Matthew Foddy. We're into Division 1 and Division 2 now, and uh, there's a really, really intriguing clash. And it was intriguing. I think we previewed it. The, la- the, f- the last time round as well, gents, to be mm-hmm. honest, because, uh, you know, the Devils and the Blues are going head-to-head at Croydon, um, and Wanny South, they disappointed us in the first half of the year with their inconsistency. They seem to have moved past that little hump. I know they haven't beaten anyone a really big note, but they have actually strung together. Obviously, Upper Gully was one they'd locked in, but the wins against Beaconsfield and Montrose, they're starting to beat those teams around them um, with more consistency. Uh, they did the double over Beaconsfield, beat Montrose at Montrose, which is mm. a good one. And now they're sort of primed to go to Croydon and get the points when they really should have done it the first time around, Josh, because they were up by four goals at half time before they went down by five points. So, um, you know, it's a really big chance for Wanny South to take on the Blues. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Croydon have definitely started to stagnate once more. And well, last week was probably one of their worst performances of the year against the, well, a very potent East Ringwood, East Ringwood lineup, and yeah, this is a big chance for One Turner South to get what I would say would be a bit of a scalp. Although I don't really rate Croydon too too highly, they've got plenty of talent. I, I'm not still not still not sold on them because whilst yeah, they well, you're like, right that they've sort of they've stagnated. I'd written that their star has fallen since then because they've really struggled to hit the scoreboard. Jared, yep. they they scored I think 77 that game. I think they've only scored past 100 twice this year, yep. and that was against Upper Gully where they got 105 and Ludo where they got 103. And and the Ludo game they kicked nine goals in the first quarter. So so outside of that, they only averaged. 15 to 16 points a quarter. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Constantino won the league goal-kicking last year. He's been missing with injury. And, and you know, and only Ficarelli with 10 goals, Broussard with 14, and Britain with 17 are in double figures for the season. And, you know, Ficarelli's a midfielder, so you can't rely on him to kick bags. Broussard has, you know, kicked four in one game, and he's a, he's a small forward. So, again, unless... Unless you're a Charlie Cameron like or a Charlie Haley or, or Connor Hickey, you can't rely on them, Cole Vickers, my man, yeah. uh, to, to kick bags. And then, you know, Britain sort of, you know, was probably thinking that he was just going to be a structure up forward with Constantino, and now he's the guy they're relying on. Yep. So yep. they've really struggled to score. Yeah, there's not, not not been too much to like about Croydon in the past, you know, month or so of footy, apart from that one quarter against uh, Lilydale, which is a little bit worrying. They, they won the game against uh, Bayswater as well, which is, you know, definitely something, especially with Bayswater, really starting to, you know, tighten the ship and uh, understand the way that they want to play their footy. So with a bit of a resurgence uh, there for the Waters, you know, Croydon 
beating them, it's it was important to do, but it was nothing spectacular, especially in the fashion that they seem to do it by looking at the scoreboard, uh, and then and then just completely capitulating against East Ringwood is is so worrying. Uh, the Devils, uh, on the other hand, you know they can lapse occasionally uh, in quarters. They they can sometimes have that one or two uh, quarters of footy that just like they did against Croydon last time, just completely uh, determine the fact that they're going to lose. Uh, I'm not sure if I see the Blues having the scoring power uh, to take advantage of those lapses at this uh, this point in the season, unfortunately. Yeah, it's just... that's We saw them against Beaconsfield early in the year. They, they can get on a roll. Their midfield is very strong. Joel Koga is a very good ruckman, and they get on a roll. But Monty South have got the likes of Lincoln Wan, Pat Wallace, uh, you know... It, it, Guys running through there that that have got real talent um, that can match it. It's not like Fickery and so Co are just going to be out so much better than their no. their midfield counterparts yep. that they're, they're definitely going to have to have some quality to match up against. And then the Wanny South forward line, um, you know, O'Keefe, Jordan, Hewitt has kicked good. around about thirty goals. Kai yep. Barlow's been in really good form. Yep. Wanny South side now, when I look at it at paper, Josh is starting to really take shape and. I have them being favourites heading into this game. Yeah, I have them as favourites too. I think I might have had them as favourites as well when we previewed this game last time around. And But, you know, Croydon do show up for these games as well. well they, yeah, like I said, I, I mean, that, yeah, and like show said, up I think we the, all agree. We're yeah, also pointing yeah. towards Wanty South last time and then Croydon found a way. Yeah, but I, I just think, yeah, they can't string together just a one quarter against the one turner side. With not this South. one. Not yeah, this one that's no. in form. Um, in terms in, ter- in terms of form lines, really sort of. Um, <laughs> so, one South win this that, that one, it'll be four in a row, and then but they'll they're winnable games after that. I think they'll play Bayswater the next week, um, which will be a big game because Mi- Mitchum. Oh, sorry, Mitchum yeah, then Bayswater, yeah. but then they finish with uh, East Ring with Moorabark. East Ring with the Lidl and Moorabark. Yeah, yeah. So really, one South they if they can win this one, it'll move them into fourth, and then they as long as they bank those wins against. Bayswater and Lourdes, they should be fine. Yep. And then Mitchum at home. I think last year they won handily, so they would be going in pretty confident. And if they keep winning games, why wouldn't you be? <laughs> For Croydon, on the other hand, so they've got Upper Gully next week. So you, you would assume they get that win. That would move them on to 32 points, uh, if we're assuming our tips are correct and that Wanny South are going to win. And then they play Beaconsfield at Beaconsfield, Mitchum at Mitchum, Moorabark and Montrose at Montrose to finish the season. So, mm. um, you know, the Beaconsfield away game, you know, hard to get a read on Beaky, but, you know, they probably should have pinched it last time against Croydon. Yep. Mitchum smacked them. Um, you know, it was it's sorry, it's Mitchum at Croydon, but Mitchum smacked them the first time around and, and looked to be a lot better side percentage, would just tell you that much. Yep. Uh, and then Murubak, you, you can't yeah. see anyone being Murubak. And, no. and Montrose, Montrose beat Croydon at Croydon last year. Yeah. So, you, can you know, see, you can it's see. easy to spiral too because yeah. we're sort of just saying that if they lose one, they'll lose the next yeah, four. But, yeah. you know, you could easily see... Croydon going from at the start of the year locked in to be third to possibly missing out. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah, I can see Montrose sort of like being that, um, you know, just taking Croydon down with them. They might, they might have, they might go into that last round. Montrose sort of completely out of it, and then just sort of pull our win out of the bag and and, and drag Croydon down. Well, they and um, Croydon, well, Montrose beat them easily at Montrose early in the year. So, you know, yep, those last yep. three games, I would have two of them definitely not winning. Yeah, Mitch and Murubak yep. games. Well, Moorabuck definitely not winning. Mitchum, Mitchum favourites and Montrose 50-50, Beaconsfield 50-50. So, yep. Croydon's run home is an interesting one. So, they it's need tough. to they need, they need to, to yeah. get a win here and, and steady the ship because their percentage is at 96, mm. um, which is, you know, it's better than those four sides from six to nine, but 
if Corrigan keep losing, it's going to drop down. So yeah. there's so many things. And then from Wanny South's point of view, if they could somehow go into finals as as fourth, Josh, that be incredible turnaround. Given their, you know, we sort of, I think at one stage we wrote them off. Yeah, I definitely would be a great turn turnaround, and it sort of wouldn't have surprised me given how much promise they showed at the start well, of the uh, season. It was, you know, they're the third highest scorers, but that, they're the second worst defence. Yeah. So another good side to watch if you're a neutral. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, this is the chance for both sides to hit the pretty much the final month running and, you know, yeah, no better opportunity for them. But I think I'd be backing one turn of South here. It is out of coin, but I just think one turn of South, uh, you know, coin, they won't, I don't think, yeah, like I said, one quarter will, will get them the win here. And with the potency of one turn of South's attack, even with how stingy coin's defence is, I, I don't see away for them, you know, stopping the likes of Barlow, O'Keefe, Jordan, Lincoln Hewitt and, and Lincoln Wong even as well. So uh, I'm backing Montana South to get the win here. Uh, we, I think we're all yeah, in agreement. Yeah, we're, all we're talking Tets, yeah. we've got Montana South. It probably yeah. means Corrin to win again and, Indeed. you know, we'll all have to just apologise. Cry, yeah. If you if you're uh, listening Corrin supporters, it's nothing Personal, in particular no. against you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mitchum Bayswater is another interesting game. So Mitchum have made a few changes. I believe COVID has is, is run through there, it would seem. You know, one, two, you know, they've got seven changes that I can see there. Um, a couple of them will be emergencies. So, you know, but Caulfield, uh, Riley Nicholas and Joshua May, that's three of their back that's, six. That's huge. Key yeah. members of their back six, especially May, out. I think it'll either be COVID or I think May's VFL. Josh May. Yeah, he yeah. is VFL. So VFL, so that, that's probably something they could have planned for. Um, but they're back six now, so Sam Howell returns for his second senior game. Will Gordon's back, Premiership Ruckman, so that'll be music to Mitchum fans' ears. Um, so a real big chance for Bayswater, who, you know, win last week was a really big one. They're in sixth at the moment. Um, the smaller ground probably suits the fact that their midfield is their strength and yeah. that they maybe don't have to re- rely on too many other fellas. Um, Paul Hasbrook or Hasbrook or, again, Hasbrook, I think, yeah. is actually how it's pr- yeah. supposed to be pronounced. We apologise, Paul. Uh, I think there's a real strong case for Bayswater to pinch this one, Jared, especially yeah. with those changes. And it seems to be all defenders mm. um, for Mitchum and, and it could be. Husbrook and, and Josh Treby that, that might be the difference in this one. But yep. again, you've got Parenti, Guy Lachlan at, at the other end. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure about the ruck for uh, Bayswater either. They, you know, they've got Bryce Galvin. Uh, yeah, well, as sort of like Tom Roche said on the podcast, exactly. podcast, he's about six foot two, six foot three. He's yeah. just sort of doing the job because they've yeah. got no one else. Exactly. And up against sort of like, you know, a, a more sort of well, Gordon, intentional. With Gordon coming back in. Gordon's back in, right. Um, I see. That's, then, that's big because yeah. it, it frees up level to maybe spend more time as a, as a centre half forward. Board. Yeah, and then Elms will um, sort of like be that second ruckman. Yeah, Elms is named yeah. at centre half back, so yeah, it'd be okay. interesting to see. Oh, again. So Elms goes back to replace May, Mitchum, for example. Mitchum are notorious for oh, like okay. Thomas Lovell's named on the wing. Yeah, I don't think he'll play there. Everyone else seems to be in the right spot, so maybe they're just trying to confuse people. <laughs> yep. But yeah, maybe Elms goes into defence, yeah. and then Gordon and Lovell will still ruck. Yep. And watching that Murubak Mitchum game, Lovell's ruck work was probably yeah. where he did the most damage. Yep. I think he's, you know, he and Parenti, especially at Mitchum, where it's a smaller ground, it might be better to actually play Lovell as a ruck, sort of high half forward. I think Will Gordon will probably play more ruck, but yeah, definitely playing Lovell as yeah. a ruck. Yeah, just what I'm saying, Jared might be right. Maybe they just throw Elms back and, and yeah, Lovell can I think continue that, as second ruck. I think yep. that's probably the way they they go, especially with, you know, Josh May out of the side. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely a, a, a still a potent 
Mitchum lineup, but yeah, Bayswood definitely won't mind playing on the smaller ground. So I think we're all gonna tip Mitchum, but it's a bit yeah. like that Park Orchard's noble game. We're we're mm. trying to make a case for Bayswater getting the the points. Yep. It's going to be an important one for Bayswater. You know, they've got Lilydale next, who they've beaten. Well, the, if Bayswater uh, win this, this is sort of one that they didn't expect. Mm. And then you sort of go, that builds more pressure on Croydon yep. or Awani South. Awani South. loses that exactly. game. Uh, yeah, so Mitchum, you know, if they if they beat this one, then Lilydale next, if they've beaten, and then Wontana South, which that could be a really interesting duel yeah, for that. Yeah, so if Bayswater spot. win this one, they'll go into that game of four wins mm. uh, and Wani South according to our predictions will win the premiership so yeah. um, <laughs> they're going to go in in good form as well so yeah, yeah a, another really really interesting game like yep. you said at the top of the show Joe there's plenty of interesting games Upper Gully and Montrose I think it's a nice time for Montrose to get Upper Gully because they just need a win to get back on track it's been a bit of a, a rough little period obviously they you know I think they they had East Ringwood um, who they lost to again in, in close fashion um, they played Moorabark um, obviously Queen's birthday and lost pretty handily and then lost to Wani South at home. So it's been a, a rough sort of three weeks um, since including Queen's birthday for them. So yep. a chance to, to win against Upper Gully, hopefully for their – well, they'll be hoping to push their percentage up towards the 100 mark again. Um, and if results go their way, they should probably be sitting in sixth position um, and will be eyeing yeah. some consistency on the run home. But Upper Gully have been a lot better since Queen's birthday by Josh. They've been able to find the goals a bit more. I think they kicked 12 last week. So um, – you know, it's at Upper Gully. If the rain continues to come down, it may be a slop. It's notorious for that Kings Park. I know it's better than it has been, but, you know, they, they've been better in recent weeks. It's definitely going to be a slog because Montrose aren't the the highest scoring side in, in well, around that, you know, sides that are pushing for finals. You know, despite having Billy Schilling, Mitch mm. Davis, Bailey White up forward mm. as well, I think that will play a bit of a, fa- a factor as well because from what I've, I'm seeing as well, Upper Gully don't really have too many scoring options. But, yeah, it's it's going to be a scrap. It's going to be low scoring or come down to the contest as well. And I just think, yeah, Montrose a little bit too too good. And mm. I think this is a good way to get them back in, back into the in form. And Liam, the, Liam Jelly and Gregory Lord out as well for Upper Gully. So that's too big. Uh, well, that's their best defender and, and one of their best ball winners out. So, and... It'll be interesting to see if that helps Montrose kick their percentage a bit further up. Uh, Murabak and Lurdell win number 17, I think, on the horizon for Murabak. They've got 16 in a row at the moment. Um, Lurdell have got Liam Jeffs back in the side which is, and Mark Maserati. So that's, you know, really good news for them. Um, but, you know, I, I can't see Murabak dropping this one, Jared, no. unless they haven't named their team yet. So maybe there's some a swag of changes. But yeah. um, Hopefully no COVID or... Yeah, exactly. Or but, like you know, yeah. Murabak are absolutely flying at the moment. Um, um, Ludal might go the man-on-man route. It seems that's what Mick Fogarty did when Beaconsfield played them, and it could be used as more as a, of a learning tool than actually a tactic. It might be could one of those be. ones where the best way to develop some of the young blokes is just follow you know, a mullet or a, a Mackie or a Noonan around and, and, and learn what they're doing. Yeah, I definitely. It would be really interesting to, to watch that unfold if that's the case. I think even if, you know, talking about the actual, the actual tip, I, I'd, don't think Lilydale necessarily has the uh, you know they have the youth but I'm not sure if they have the patience. We saw we saw Moral Bark uh, against Mitchum. We saw Mitchum play a more patient style of game than than what they wanted to against Moral Bark a little bit for the especially for the first couple quarters and that is something that Mitchum are able to do. I'm not sure if Lilydale are able to do that with you know the youth in their side and perhaps a, a bit of a lack of patience. But you know uh, I. Give them a bit of a chance, Lilydale, if Moral Bark have those outs. However, 
you know, uh, I, yeah, moral bark for me by you know probably a wide margin, which is disappointing for Lillardell because they're starting to run out of steam a little bit. Yeah, they are. But again, a, a young side, and they'll have their winnable games mm. uh, in in the back half. There, they'll be looking at Montrose, obviously Bayswater. I think did you say it's it's soon Beaconsfield yep. in the last round? Even Monty mm. South, they'll be you know any game at home they'll they'll fancy. Yep. Uh, and Beaconsfield and East Ringwood is the last game in this division. Um, East Ringwood, oh, they're really starting to motor now, Josh. Yeah. You know, they, I think they they've been the whole time we've said they're just timing their run. Mm. It's hard to say they weren't when yeah. they were winning every game by one, but the way they were winning. Was very just workmanlike. Now you know, last week they smacked Croyd. Now they're starting to. It's like okay, we're going to change gears here. Um, and as they try to sort of overtake Murubak, um in the final few weeks of the year and, and get into pole position for the finals, Beaky though need a win. And again, we keep yeah. saying home ground advantage must be worth something eventually for them. But <laughs> I just think they're barking up the wrong tree if they're going to get an upset because East Ringwood don't seem in the mood to lose. Yeah, I think. They couldn't have asked for a bit of time to, to hit some form with, you know, a massive match next week out yeah. at East Ringwood Reserve. And they'll definitely look to continue that form against, yeah, Beaconsfield side. Which James Bilo comes back in too. Which so. is very handy. And they still don't have any Connor Waitman who's clearly playing in in the VFL. But yeah, there's... Will he be back for finals? you know more about the VFL fixture? Um, I think he's playing for North. I, I, Who aren't going to make finals. Yeah, I'd assume so that he. I'd assume that he'd be back. So that would be a massive include. Definitely be a massive inclusion for for the Roos. Um, but yeah, it's Beaconsfield. I wonder how much home ground advantage will play a factor here because it's a bit of a trip out to Beaconsfield. And, and it's big ground. not as big, obviously, as Beaconsfield. But I, yeah, we've said that a lot this year, and they just the only. Times it seems to have worked is when they've beaten Montrose and, and Bayswater, who were sides yeah. obviously around them. So yeah, they might have gotten those wins against them anyway. Yeah, and yeah. Eastern and Murubaka are so much better. It might close the gap. It might not be as big as it was yeah. the first time, um, but I, I don't see it being enough to them for them to get the points. And by the looks that you're giving me, we're all yeah, in agreement yeah, that Eastern yeah. going to win this one. It's got to be. Uh, going to the Oracle before we go down to Division 2. So Croydon, one turn of South. The Oracle's got Croydon winning by five points. So he's Again. he's gone against us, 66 to 61, which would be a repeat pretty as much as of essentially, yeah. their round four clash. Murubak by 22 points over Lourdes. I think that's generous to the Falcons. But again, maybe the Oracle's factored in the, the weather prediction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, such yeah. as his powers. Uh, Beaconsfield to lose to East Ringwood by 25 points. Upper Gully to lose to Montrose by just the two goals. So, you know, here you go, Upper Gully fans. This might be the week. And then Mitchum and Bayswater. Mitchum to win by 16 points. I feel that's a pretty decent tip, 73 yeah. 56. Mm-hmm. So, I see that. You know, but again, like we said, some interesting games as the the finals adds more context to every single fixture. Division 2 now, Oakley District play Ringwood. Let's just say Ringwood are going to win by a lot. Um there's nothing much more to add for Oakley District. They're, they're trying their hardest, and, and to be honest, it, you know, it just looks like they just don't have the talent. Um, but they'll be better for it in the long run. Templestowe hosts Knox. Templestowe will be steaming about the fact that they lost this fixture earlier in the year, Josh, because if yeah. they'd won it, they think they'd still be in the race for the finals. They'd be... I'm not sure if they'd be above Heathmont, but they'd definitely be level with them. Uh, they, they would, would be, be above them on percentage. percentage they'd yeah. be up there with Mulgrave. So they'll be really ruining the fact that they lost this game the first time out. Uh, and for Knox, they'll, this will be their last chance for a proper, you'd say, winnable game. Yeah. So they'll be up for it. But Temple Story is a pretty hard ground to, to play out at as well. So it's... Well, they beat the base in there. Um, Jai Hobb, like... Jai Hardwick, Max Otten, Cameron Cloak, and Nick Batsanis, along with Lachlan O'Connell, return to the side for 10 And that's a pretty Ooh. strong lineup. 
with those in, with those inclusions. And you know, Knox do have a bit of talent, but I just it's it's going to be a struggle for them against Templestowe, who pretty much are at full strength and playing out at Templestowe Reserve too. I, I'd be backing the doc is here, but I think given the weather conditions as well, and given the fact it's a pretty big ground out there as well, that might. It might be a bit of a scrap, a low-scoring scrap, which Knox won't mind. They play on a bit of a heavy track down at Knox Gardens. Yeah, so. Temples are not notoriously as bad. Um, yeah, I, I think they should win easily, Jared. But yeah, yeah. Knox, you know, we thought that last time. So it's, And Knox exactly, have played, exactly. played better than maybe the scoreline suggests from all reports. You know, they just don't have that scoring power mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. test the top sides. Uh, here we go. These are the three games that we really wanted to talk about in this division. East Bill and Baronia. So Baronia will... They'll be spewing, you know, from all reports from Ryan Long, our man on the ground at Baronia, said they played one quarter of footy last week and, and you know, got back in front. And then, you know, other than that, we're pretty much piss poor and only lost by two goals. Yeah. And, they, and that would have probably locked in finals if they'd won that game. They would have been on 30 points now and that would have had them two and a half games clear of, of Mulgrave and Heathmont. Then the Basin would have been even further back. So they'll be really annoyed about this because not only does it mean their chances are top three, are gone. Mm. It also brings them back into jeopardy a tiny little bit. Um, and, you know, East Burwood um, is a hard ground to go to. Bronia will have memories there from winning their 2018 flag, but the Rams have been pretty good at home. And, you know, they'll be worried the fact they started slow last week, East Burwood, but yep. their second half was dynamite, and I can't see them losing. No, I, I can't either, but I'm pretty sure Matt Clark and, uh, you know, his boys would be really raring to go for this one, honestly, because they, they I remember speaking, uh, Matt Clark speaking about it, uh, this fixture last time when we went to the Heathmont game, and he said that it was their lowest skill game up to that point this year. It was one that they were pretty flat on. Uh, they were disappointed with the performance they put up against East Burwood. Uh, East Burwood have proven since then, or continued to prove since then, that, you know, they belong in Division 2, they belong in the top three, they belong in the finals and, you know, will be making a crack at, you know, a grand final berth uh, later this year. But I still see Baronia really trying to um, take hold in this one. They were without Mitch Mellis last time. They were without, uh, well, Taylor Leggett, I believe, got injured during that game because um, he didn't figure in the best and He's proving like to that. be sort of the deciding factor yeah. for Baronia at the moment. Yeah, um, uh, Robertson, uh, he, he did kick four last time they played against each other and he has been slowing down recently. You know, he's only, apart from a six-goal haul against Oakley Districts, uh, he hasn't kicked more than two goals in the past month, uh, more than two goals per game in the past month, I should say. And I can imagine, you know, uh, Rixton, uh, Ed Rixton uh, going to Robertson, doing what is needed, uh, essentially. Uh, so uh, for me, it, it's a bit of a tough one. I think the uh, Brony will be coming in hard, uh, for this one, but I reckon East Burwood just have too much of the talent. Uh, still no Mitch Malice as well. No Mitch Malice. Listed for Baronia, so that's a bit of a blow. But yeah, I think they won't mind going back to where they won that, that 2018 Premiership Baronia. They've named Ben Robertson at centre forward again, which they didn't yeah. last year. That They were saying they did that out of necessity and they wanted to play him closer to goal. So hopefully that's not, that's just yeah. a, an admin error. Yeah. I think it probably would, uh, probably would be. He has been doing pretty well. Maybe kicked all those goals out at Heathman. He's run out of his season totally. <laughs> There's only a lot of them out. Yeah, but you know, they they still have scoring options around them. You know, Taylor Leggett, he can on his day, he can hmm. kick goals. Oh, and, Henderson can, can goal, Noah Jackson, Bramstead's a bit of a live wire up forward and, yeah. and, and you know, Fletcher Duke and so on, when they get forward, can 
Hit the scoreboard. Luke Cannon's another one who kicks mm. plenty of goals. Um, but yeah, East Burwood equally there. Hearn equally potent forward line as well with Brayden Barlow, Connor Agnew, Marcus Young down there. Matt Mariani back in. Mm. He's been yeah. known to kick a couple of goals a week. So what, what are we, we're all thinking Rams. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we're all yep. thinking Rams, of course. And if Spider were here, yeah. he'd be tipping Rams <laughs> as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Baronia, they'll be, you know, they. You, they only lost South Borough by goal when we, we sort of stopped talking about them. So they are the sort of side that on, at their best can clearly match it with teams. Yep. It's just about getting that out there consistently. Speaking of South Borough, they go to the Basin and it's an interesting test for the Saints because the Basin have been really, really strong at home this year uh, despite the fact that they're sitting in fifth with a, a negative record of five and a half wins and six losses. Um, you know, But South Borough are really, really good. So... There's my two statements, Jared. Make of it what you will. It's, uh, I think, you know, I can see the base and testing them, but South Borough, you know, they average over 100 points a game. Yep. The base and don't. No, <laughs> um, no. You know, so it's it's really hard each week to tip against South Belgrave. It is. Uh, I think the positive for the Basin was that last week, um, you know, it was a win against a quality team without Trevor Mills. Uh, that's that's one important thing that they you know need to sort of like tick off a little bit. But the problem is, you know, how many times is Dion Dion uh, Boavita going to kick five goals in a game? I'm not sure if yeah. that's going to be. There's you know, only some consistent footy in the Shane Davidson. So mm. he and Matt Rennie are, are are going to give them options down forward. Yep. Christian yep. Poe remains in the side, but Hayden Smith's been called back up for Eastern Rangers. Mm. So that's good news for him. And then South Bay have no changes. Uh, to their side, so still no Taylor Garner, but Smith, or Tim Tim Smith, that is Damian Garner, still out there. Sam Brown, um, pretty hard, Josh. Pretty hard to pretty hard to shut down, and the Basin don't have still don't have Jackson Drake as well, which is which is a bit which is a bit of a blow. Yeah. He hasn't set the world on fire this season as well, but you know he, that would make it a lot of key tools in that forward line though at Batterham but yeah, yeah it would make player. it you got to play him yeah yep. you do but yeah I think South Belgrave are just too potent up forward and I don't see a way the base and defence shuts, shuts it out and they won't b- mind playing on the smaller ground no, Belgrave no, South not. is yep. pretty small as well so. yeah so I think we're all tipping South Belgrave but there's just a bit of me that wouldn't be surprised if the basin were able to get the win here. And then Heathmont, Mulgrave, you know, the loser's out, the winner stays alive in the race. That's pretty much it. Obviously, Jared and I will be there tomorrow, so we'll just sort of give our tips. I'm going to tip Heathmont at home. Okay, interesting. I think uh, just based on recent form, I'll probably be tipping Mulgrave. Okay. Josh, you can have a few more words on it, given you won't be there. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting game. Definitely, you know, whoever's whoever loses, they like 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 they like it said on the social media post they can just put, they can just prepare for their September, September holidays and yeah I think Heathmont still have plenty of talent in their lineup as do Mul- as do Mulgrave as well it's going to be a very a very close contest this was the game as well I think earlier in the year which got Mulgrave into some form where they and you know they sh- pretty much shocked the competition when they won I think it was. 45 points in the end out of out at Wellington Reserve as well but I think this is the chance for them to to bounce back from from what's been a, disapp- a disappointing month for them you know going down to the base and Baronia Ringwood and East Bird you know they're all top sides but this is their chance to you know show that they are a side that can, can show that they are a final side that I feel like they're a bit like you know Blackburn they get the wins against the sides around them but they don't win against the top sides but I do see them 
getting. I do see them getting the win here, so I'm going to back the Lions to win. Okay, so you're going to back Mulgrave. So we've got two Mulgraves, one Heathmont. Yep. Uh, okay, it'll be interesting. We'll catch that obviously on a, all there from our usual channels Facebook, YouTube, SEN app, and then from 2 p.m. Eastern FM 98.1. The Oracle, quickly before we go, gentlemen, the Basin 56, South Barrier 105. Oh, yeah. With current form, you can't argue with it. No. Uh, East Bell to win by 10 point or 8 points, sorry, over Brony, 98 to 90. Be okay. a great game to watch. I don't, I don't think it'll be that close, but you never know. Uh, Oakley District to lose by about 10 goals to Ringwood. Templestowe and Knox. Scott Knox winning by 17 points. So that's a bit interesting. I would have had the scores the other way around, 85-68. I'd probably Ooh. flip them and then lock it in. <laughs> yeah. And then the game that's that we're going to be at, Heathmont 45, Mulgrave 50. I can honestly see yeah. that happening. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring one given the conditions that are predicted. Gentlemen, it's just been the three of us this week. I could, you know. It's a bit a bit different without having a personality in the room like uh, Spider or Blakey Tennant, yeah. but it's, it's still been enjoyable nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, thanks to you two for coming in. Jared, I'll see you tomorrow. Josh, okay. have fun on your adventures this week. Um, and until next time, enjoy the footy. Down to the most important sentence clearance of the afternoon. So Haig won it down. Wignall got it. Can he get a handball away? He's going to burst away. He's going to run to 50. Low ball to the top of the goal square. McCormack! Oh, no. He pulled it in! Oh, he no. pulled it in! Oh, Wignall, he got through the Acosta-Harvey tackle, took a few paces and then speared it to low to McCormack. He's been good all day, Billy. He started the day with an almost hanger. Kick the check side for right in front of us. Billy, he can, make a, he can make a name for himself. Billy, don't be a hero. Oh, I think they want him to be one now, Brad. 15 metres out. Billy McCormack's kicked it. Oh, you'll be Tom Baylor in front. 28 minutes. Gone.